1: Hello everybody and welcome back to Thank Godzilla. It's Friday 2000. It's Friday and that means it's Godzilla 2000. My name is William Bibbiani. I am a critic. I write
2: for The Wrap. Everybody calls me Bebs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I am a Critic 2000. 2000. Uh, I write for Slash Film 2000. Yes. Because it's the turn of the millennium. And there was 2,000 fever, damn it.
1: Everyone wanted to get in on the 2,000 action, which, which to be fair, uh, nice round number. How can you resist? This is our yeah. podcast where we're reviewing every single Godzilla movie ever yeah. and every single Godzilla adjacent movie ever, but we're past that for now. We're back into Godzilla land and we're about to start the millennium era with a film titled, fittingly enough, Godzilla 2000, colon millennium which is a little redundant but when this movie was coming out 1999 a little jump of the gun on the 2000 bit Look, in I'm the okay. united states it hit it came out in 2000 too, to be fair a lot of movies a lot of filmmakers a lot of publicity they were trying to really capitalize on calling things 2000 and to be fair they had for a while there was death race 2000 back in mm-hmm. the 70s uh the idea of just things being 2000 D was really, really cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Dracula 2000 was a thing.
2: Not a, not a good movie. Not a, not a good movie. The Blues Brothers hit 2000. The Blues Brothers 2000. Also There's, not a good movie. I uh, haven't seen the Bru- Blues Brothers 2000. Mm. There was a Pokemon the movie 2000. That's true. Um, Several others as well. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm blanking now, but there were, I mean, there were a lot. And I just want to see, where is that monster team up? Of all, all of the 2000 movies, I want to see Godzilla 2000, Dracula 2000, and the Blues Brothers 2000 in a Death Race 2000.
3: <laughs> like <laughs> just wacky
2: racers, but yeah. it's Godzilla in like I mean, a really the, giant car. The Blues Brothers are winning that one, but uh, I'm that's probably true. You're not you're not wrong about that. Uh, but, uh, yes. but yeah, M- Millennium Fever struck. I feel like 1999 was a notoriously good year for American cinema. And international Not as well, really. honestly. If you look at the list of movies that came out in 1999, it's a staggeringly yeah. good year. And I feel like the movies that came out in the year 2000 really sucked. Like there, there weren't a lot of great films that came out in the year 2000. And yeah, I feel like... We kind of we, blew it a little earlier. Yeah, little we early we're like, kind of like collapsed over the finish lines. Yeah. Like, we made it to the end of the millennium. Oh, wait, we have to keep going. Surely we could have saved,
1: and, like, I don't know, The Insider and Ten Things I Hate About
2: You and The Matrix for 2000. Could we have just...
1: Hung it, out a little the,
2: longer. The Matrix makes sense in the year 2000. You know, Ooh. new beginnings, <clears throat> all technological nonsense. Um, yeah. Uh, there was the whole Y2K uh, fear. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it felt like the end of history, if you were there in 1999. It felt like a chapter like a, a chapter was being turned in yeah. the whole planet's book. And uh, I think the, the world felt a, a good helping of millennial angst. Mm. It's like, we don't really know where to go from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people thought
1: we weren't going to go anywhere remember the doomsayers there were people yeah, who said yeah, the, 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 the world, world would was end
2: literally going to end uh, yeah. on, on New Year's Eve <laughs> did, in 1999
1: did you, did you on New Year's Eve 1999
2: did you have one brief second we were like what if they're right
1: I kinda, what if this is it
2: I, I, I kind of hoped that uh, Y2K would strike yeah. and there would be like chaos in the streets and I went over to a friend's house and we watched from his balcony it's like Somebody did set a couch on fire, but that's oh. just because they were being rowdy. It was, yeah, out, this was in Westwood, so it was near, UC, near UCLA, It's college that, town. That, that's kind of um, typical New Year's rowdiness. Yeah, I mean, so, ill advised. So, I wouldn't so we, recommend yeah. it, but... it. It was like out in the middle of the street, so yeah. like it wasn't near anything. But you know, cars yeah. had to go around it. Uh, kind of neat to see a couch burn in the yeah, middle of the street. I don't see that every uh, day. Yeah, a little, little uh, bit of a, an escape from New York vibe. Yeah, um, but it turned but out yeah, fine. They everything... they worked out all the kinks. They they fixed the problems. Uh, I feel like entertainment throughout the early 2000s started to deteriorate a little bit. Mm. A lot of the irony that we uh, suffused in the 90s fell away Mm. into actual offensive shit. Yeah. Yeah, Especially if you look at the comedies that were made in America in in the early 2000s. uh, It was was a bad wave. A lot of bad trends were going on. Um, If you were like I and my friends into like heavy metal and grunge rock and sort of like Mm. the rock scene, you... Just felt so much pain watching bands like Stained and, <laughs> and Puddle of Mud and uh, and all of these like new, this like wave of new metal come in and it's, like it hey, oh, hey, was hey. all sludgy and awful. Yeah. We had Chad Kroger. Yeah. Okay. Your
1: point. <laughs> oh, I just thought I thought you should know. All right. That wasn't a counter Okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. Yes, I agree with that. Well, we say we, that we... a hero will save us, but I'm not going to stand here and wait. <laughs> uh. And into all of this mess came Godzilla 2000, uh, yeah. where uh, it's it. Well, I remember watching this in the theater. This was the first a uh, Japanese Godzilla film I saw in a theater.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, there only have been in wide release. Mm-hmm. There's there's only been a few lately. Yeah. Like it's been a like long Godzilla time. minus
2: one is one of the widest released ones. <clears throat> yeah, um, even Shin but, Godzilla was was a limited release. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and. I re- remember, and I had seen some Godzilla films before this, not just the Roland Emmerich. And uh, I remember thinking that this one was so, like, angsty and dark compared to the films I had seen before. Maybe it had just come off of, like, Destroy All Monsters or something. Yeah, maybe watching and some
1: of the older ones. I'm
2: rewatching it this time, and I'm, this is, like, the goofiest shit. This like, is really the,
1: ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah.
2: This is like, it's got like a flying saucer that they pull up from the ocean floor uh-huh. and it sucks up Godzilla DNA. And, uh, it like, and it, there's this other gigantic monster. It's called Orga. And, um, yeah, it is it's a pretty just mi- as silly as the other Godzilla movies. The only difference, the thing mm. that maybe made me think that it was slightly angstier was that Godzilla has angry eyes now? He's a he's pissed like, off looking he's like Godzilla. He's hunched over now, as like a yeah. kind of a scowl on his face. We, they redesigned Godzilla for the New Millennium Era. For the
1: first time in in a live action movie, mm. Godzilla was green. He's mm. always been like kind of like a really dark grayish yeah, green gray at best. Black, yeah. Right. yeah, like but like he's generally speaking he's been more of like a really dark grey. Yeah, now now he's a proper green. In fact, for a minute I was entertaining the notion. That, you know, despite my protests, uh, Godzilla Jr. Uh, oh. actually had graduated From... to proper Godzilla status. But it' so was supposed to
2: be Godzilla Jr. Well, I
1: thought that, and that would have made a lot of sense. There's really not a lot in the movie that directly contradicts that. But apparently the official, like, Toho canon is no. This no. is a totally separate Godzilla and we're going to see a lot of that in the millennium era. A lot of these yeah, movies aren't directly um, connected. They're just different takes on Godzilla, which is, I know which a,
3: is,
2: a, it makes sense, but it's also kind of weird to just go that willy nilly about it. I, The way I see it, and you know, I've, I've seen all of the millennial film, millennium films before, and um, they're all of a piece except for one, which definitely isn't. Mm. I think the rest kind of follow a continuity. It's not going to be as strong as in the Hayes era, Cause we had Mickey, we had like a common character in all of those movies to kind of bind them all together. She was never a major player. Like occasionally she had some plot points, Mm -hmm. but her, just her presence there was a reminder that these things are connected and Godzilla is continuing to change. And by the time we got to Godzilla versus Destoroyah, I was like, here's what happens at the end of all of these monster fights. He just sort of starts to heat up and burn out after a while. Um, the millennial era is not going to have quite that strong a continuity, but it's okay to pretend that they do, mm. that they connect in one way.
1: They're a little, uh, they're kind of loosey goosey, but it.
2: there there is one where Godzilla actually was redesigned, looks a lot different, has silver eyes, oh, weird. Uh, like stands a little bit more upright than the millennial because okay. the Millennium Godzilla now like leans forward a little mm. bit, is a little bit more like. Uh, lizardish. He's got more of like an alligator like yeah, snout,
1: yeah. much more really just big old rows of sharp teeth. He really does look more like a lizard yeah. than the weird lizard mutant hybrid that we've had before. Um I have a question for you because the American version of Godzilla 2000 mm. is a bit different apparently from the Japanese mm. version and I was only able to in the time that I had allotted track down the American version. Yeah. Uh which version or versions have you seen? I've
2: only seen the American version. Okay.
1: So the American version, uh when they brought it over here, uh they made some changes. Nothing like gigantically different, but it's not it's not like whole plot points have been like changed or dropped. Uh but it's 9 minutes shorter. Apparently mostly it's that of that is just business mm. stuff that they felt that they could trim. Uh they also Uh, I I think there are two uh, uh, significant things. Uh, For whatever reason, Sony decided to re-record some of Godzilla's roars to use the Roland Emmerich Godzilla roars. So if they Mm. sound familiar, that's why. Yeah, well, but they also use the old uh, Godzilla Screonk noise. As well. But they they managed Mm. to inject the American version in there a little bit. But the other thing, and this is probably the bigger deal, apparently, tonally, the American version was made goofier. There were a lot more sort of whenever we cut to the, the general citizens, people will never see for more than one scene and they're going about their business. And then they see Godzilla out the window they go, Holy crap. Great Caesars ghost. I think they actually say out loud, uh, that was more of the American version mm. trying to be uh, take the piss out of it a little bit. So well, maybe the original in version like is that a little you can Kind of tell, but yeah, anyway. yeah. But I'm saying maybe the maybe mm. the original Japanese version, you know, I it know a,
2: reads a little less silly. I I know this is another soft reboot that this isn't yeah. uh, another direct sequel to the 1954 film. Yeah, and all of and it ignores all of the continuities that have come since. Yeah, uh, which is weird because I don't know how much. Like it's been, it's first showed up in 1954, and they took care of it. Mm. But this is the year 2000, and they're still like really on their toes about Godzilla.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. This movie does not. Reintroduce Godzilla, or even the status quo of Godzilla. No, and Godzilla just shows up. It's right it, it right away. In just this movie. throw you in the deep end. It's like you missed issue one of Godzilla two thousand, the comic book, and you're just jumping. I honestly thought I missed the first act somehow. <laughs> like because Godzilla is just a force of nature. He's, he's like a he's like a hurricane mm. or something like something something some kind of seasonal event that you always yeah. have to be ready for. Oh, it's tornado season again. Oh, it's Godzilla season again. Godzilla will just occasionally show up, blow up a power station. Apparently, they don't really do a lot with this, but they say Godzilla is attracted to power stations, whether it's electrical or nuclear. Um, and... And wants to destroy it. And wants to destroy it. He's like, oh, that's... Fucking power state. They built another one. Crush, 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 crush. Leave it alone. And then he just goes back into the ocean, mm. looking over his shoulder. I mean it this time.
2: Well, and, then, and you know, and had they established that in even in just like a line of dialogue? Mm-hmm. Oh, he, excuse me. He's back again this year. Yeah. Or like this is the fifteenth time. You know, something yeah. along those lines. Well, what
1: they have, what we what we do get introduced to, is a group called the Godzilla Mobile Detection Unit.
2: Yeah, which is. Like, it, they're like storm chasers. Yeah. Oh, oh, this this
1: very much feels like the vibe that they were going for for a lot of this movie was the movie Twister. <laughs> uh, which, honestly, fine. Uh, Twister is kind of a weird movie in that there's not a lot to it, really. But, but it not got it good was vibes. An, it
2: was an effects bonanza. Yeah, yes. so it's got just a good tone. Yeah, yeah
1: it, it, it wasn't particularly well like admired by critics when it came out, but audiences liked it fine. And nowadays, you look back at it and you go, that was a summer blockbuster where the biggest plot point was, will a guy get his wife to sign their divorce papers? Everything else is just, there's a tornado, and then we're going to go driving after it. And then it stops. Mm-hmm. And then we find another one. That's it. Before Twister came out, everyone I knew, I was like, I
3: can't
1: remember how old I was when it came out. It but
2: 96 that came out. Yeah, I mean. yeah,
1: yeah. I, it was like last year of like uh, junior high or yeah. something for me. So like... Everyone I know was like interested because Yonda Bond had done Speed, and the the trailer looked really cool. But we were like, "How do you make a movie out of that? Is it is there like some bad guy making twisters that we have to <laughs> stop? Like what what's the plot? There is none. It's his girl Friday, but with twisters instead of journalists. Mm-hmm. That's the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious what what the 1930s uh, screwball comedy the the new twisters. Movie The upcoming sequel is going to be. Is Uh it bringing a baby where it's like, (laughs) oh no, we have to take care of this twister. You have to hide the twister in the closet when the boss comes over. (laughs) Oh no. Um, But the idea of just a whole bunch of people and they're just working class stiffs who are very interested. They know their science, but they just get in their vans and they chase after Godzilla to try to like get readings or fo- there's a reporter who's, like, hanging oh, out yeah, with this yeah, one yeah. Godzilla
2: chaser and his daughter. Well, they have these little sensors they want to send up in a Twister, but they have to, like, drive yeah. directly underneath it to make that happen. Right, that's, that's pretty the, fucking yeah. thin. But that
1: was Twister, by the way. They're not trying to do that to Godzilla. They're not trying to, like, send up a sensor into Godzilla. Good luck. <laughs> it's, it's a rough day for everybody. Um. No, so we're introduced to uh, our hero. He's a, he's a workaday scientist. He used to be, like, a big college professor type uh, but he was he, he left the scientific community or the serious scientific community and now he's part of this very uh, it's not really fringe because they're right there's no conspiracy involved mm-hmm. but they're just people who are just doing this in their spare time he's working with his daughter and his daughter is a little hustler and I love her because like when the reporter is like okay can you drive me around and take me to see Godzilla so I can get pictures and she's like how much? You gonna you gonna you gonna pay to join the the Godzilla Club? You have to pay to join. Yes, we have membership dues. Pay up. Like she's <laughs> very stern. Um, oh, sorry, it's okay. So they're uh, so we're introduced to. They're just looking for Godzilla, and in the opening
2: sequence, hey, there's Godzilla, mm,
1: just right showing up.
2: And I like and and they're you know they. It's mm. not just Boomies there. Like, there's a the yeah. pan up of Godzilla's body. Kind of a slow reveal, but yeah, Godzilla's it's, right it's there. It's a at the little beginning. easy because they say, like, we're going to like shoot
1: this thing into the ground and it's a seismometer. And if we detect a certain kind of vibration, it means Godzilla shows up. Two seconds later, oh, it's Godzilla showing up. Well, that mm. was convenient. How did we know? Um, and Godzilla is going to, like, trudge towards a power station and blow it up. But I actually really love this sequence. This is one of my favorite Godzilla attack sequences just because of how it's filmed there's a lot of impressive scale by placing people human beings a lot closer to godzilla than usual yeah uh and my favorite bit is when they're chasing godzilla in their car and they drive through a tunnel and when they get on the outside and they get to the end of the tunnel godzilla is standing right there looking at them <laughs> like it looks like the coolest amusement park ride like you're just you're sitting there in the car godzilla like he roars at them He doesn't breathe Atomic breath Or anything But he roars at them And it fogs up The glass Which is so tactile <laughs> I love that And then they're like We should back up And so they're backing up And Godzilla's destroying The tunnel behind them and I'm like That whole sequence Is fucking cool I had a good time With that part Okay Yeah I, That was like Really fun Godzilla stuff Alright Yeah
2: I didn't have fun With this movie Really? Yeah um, I, I, I'm not, not exactly sure why There's something off about Godzilla 2000. It is a weird film, and I'm, like, I'm not a huge fan like it, but I, like, there are definitely I,
1: parts I glommed on to.
2: Like, they're not really rolling with the silliness. Mm. The thrills uh, look really fake. I think a big part of it is the way, like, we, we talked about this when we got to the Heisei era, how um, comparing Godzilla versus or Terror of Mechagodzilla, which came out in mm. 75, with Godzilla... The Return of Godzilla, which came mm-hmm. out in na- 1984. Yeah. And how dramatically film had evolved in that span. <laughs> yeah. Just in terms of photography and lighting and just mm-hmm. camera movement. Very different aesthetic. Uh, really, really different. And how... Uh, I, I, cr- I credited it to sort of the rise of uh, certain kinds of American adventure films. You know, mm. the rise of Spielberg, that kind of thing. Uh, Star Wars. How uh, film started to look a little bit more slick. And uh, yeah. photography started to change an awful lot. And I feel like something... <laughs> Similar has happened here, mm. where you go to Godzilla versus Destoroyah, which was made in '95, yeah. and how it looked like a '90s film. It looked a little bit broad and silly, even mm. though those Rebirth of Mothra films have a a, a kind of sort of lo-fi
1: de- home video aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah.
2: you could see things start to fall apart. Remember in Rebirth of Mothra two, where Mothra turns into like. A bunch of little robots,
3: yeah,
1: which was
2: a little odd. Yeah. Um, just sort of magically turns into these machine-like. I mean, creatures. I don't even know if that's uh, the
1: weirdest thing I've seen in any of well, these. Well, I mean, it's, movies, it's not that but... it's
2: weird; it's that it looked bad. Yeah, uh, it looks. It looks because it looked, here's the thing: when when
1: they were using the older techniques, they were techniques that they had kind of perfected mm. to whatever extent that you can using the limitations of you know suit mation. Um, But when they started using, and we're going to say that a lot in Godzilla 2000, when they started using more computer-generated imagery, uh, it is at the birth of that medium, and people were still figuring out how to make it work, the technology was still evolving, and now things that would look pretty awesome today, pretty pretty believable, they look kind of like shit in Godzilla 2000. There's some compositing in this. There's a lot of compositing in this movie that is embarrassing.
2: So yeah, there's a lot of really bad compositing, there's a lot of bad CGI, and... (laughs) For some reason, filmmakers decided to make uh, photography just look really murky, Mm. Uh, and maybe it's just the visuals that are keeping me from feeling the lightness and silliness of the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Visually, it's communicating to me that this is a hefty story, Uh, but it isn't. It's about an orga. (laughs) <laughs> and this this thing that they fish up out of the ocean and yeah. start sucking up Godzilla DNA and growing Godzilla fins
1: for me the thing that it, the, 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 definitely the visual effects are holding it back mm. even the Godzilla suit which I like the design but he's got a really obvious kind of like seam on his mouth jaw, yeah, yeah. like it looks really it looks more like a like an action figure toy like a flappy mouth kind of thing which I guess, in, not the end of the world
2: but the more you focus on it the more distracting it in, is in Return of Godzilla they had like an articulated <clears throat> mouth on Godzilla mm-hmm. he had like a sneer occasionally this one it's back to that old uh showa era or the the jaw just sort of flaps open and shut occasionally yeah not my
1: favorite not my favorite look but for me it comes down to the storytelling because you're dropping us into this world where godzilla is a a fact of life Hmm. and that's fine but i still need to like excuse me Meet the characters and have them like introduce the concepts like we just came off of a whole era where the the overarching like <coughs> excuse me the overarching element was that Godzilla is keeps attacking and we have come up with a whole government organization mm. highly funded, very ambitious, very technologically forward uh, group of experts yeah. who were designed specifically to keep an eye on Godzilla. In Godzilla 2000, same basic setup. Godzilla keeps attacking, but it's storm chasers and two guys. There's two government agents. One who's, like, very serious and looks cool in a trench coat. And one scientist guy who's a little bit more nervy. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry. Um, And they're, like... They're not evil, but they're, like, a little unfeeling. They don't. They, they talk about things like, you know, oh, well, if we do, if we try to, like, destroy Godzilla with these underwater mines, we huh. think that'll destroy Godzilla. And when someone points out, isn't this, like, in, like, a populated area? Wouldn't there be collateral damage? And everyone's like, we think we could keep it to two, three hundred tops. Yeah. Well, Which is like, that's
2: not great. Sure, well, it isn't the fa- goal. In fact, you, did you watch the American version? I did. Uh, they <coughs> the the way they deliver that line mm-hmm. uh I can guarantee there's only gonna be t- two to three million people dead tops
1: 100
2: or yeah th- they're they're imitating uh George C or uh, yeah George C Scott mm. from Dr Strangelove yeah uh like mm. they're quoting the movie which yeah. is and and I think they even like respond to him with another line from dr Strangelove and that which is a little weird because it's not it's the probab- characters aren't quoting Dr. Strangelove, like yeah. the screenwriters are. Well, that was the kind of thing people used
1: to do a lot, I think in the 90s that was pretty common, yeah. where you just sort of hearken back and do like an entire bit. Like Quentin Tarantino would take like whole lines and exchanges mm. from his movies. There's like bits in Jackie Brown that are just straight out of Stanley Kubrick's The Killing. Just well, a couple I'm- of lines of dialogue in a row, you know? Which is, again, I'm not, no one's accusing him or anything, he's always been very upfront about that, but like... Yeah, well, you're talking about Quentin Tarantino. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just saying that that was getting popularized at the time. The idea of doing those kinds of more subtle callbacks. But again, though, that's probably I'd be surprised if in the if anyone knows this, let me know. But like, I'd be surprised if in the Japanese version it was that overt a callback to Doctor Strange Love. Hmm. If it was like quoting it, maybe it was. But that also, considering we know that they took some liberties with the American dub, that might have just been someone being cute. Yeah. Um, again, we saw the version we were able to see, and we're sorry about that. Um, oh, there's a cute a uh, uh, bit here where we we follow. Uh, that's the other thing about this movie. There really isn't like a clear protagonist. We're just kind of like jumping around to everybody, and yeah. no one really has much of a story or even much of a character, really, which I think mm-hmm. also prevents it from feeling very focused. But we, the reporter. She's at her office and she turns in her photos of Godzilla and they should be good. She was right up in his face. And then it turns out Godzilla's atomic radiation breath erases photographs, which is okay. That's an interesting little so bit ma- there. Ma-
2: magnetic, I guess, in I, some way. I, they don't say that. but I yeah. guess.
1: I feel like if it's close, if, if his breath is so toxic, it's irradiating your photographs, you should go to a doctor. Cause you were right there. (laughs) I feel like you're, you should get checked out. I don't know. I don't know what, what kind of, what kind of anti Godzilla meds we have in this timeline. But anyway, um, so yeah. Oh, um, I'm looking over my, uh, okay. So the, the main villain plot uh, starts out kind of weird. It's really incidental. Godzilla is attacking and oh, by the way, We found a giant meteorite at the bottom of the ocean. And we are bringing it up to the surface because when we started scanning it with our submarine, there was like an energy source inside. And we think this might be some sort of important scientific discovery, a new energy source could fuel the whole world. Wouldn't that be great? Godzilla keeps blowing up all our other energy things. Let's, (laughs) Let's get a new one. They bring it up to the surface and it's this big fucking rock, but it starts acting weird. It like, it floats, which it shouldn't cause it's a giant fucking rock, but also it starts like leaning over on like it's tippy toe, like yeah. one of the shards in Arrival which also shouldn't be happening, the rock part of it starts sliding off until it's like a metallic... It's like a
2: smooth thing. Yeah, It's
1: not quite like a flying saucer. It looks a bit like uh, the ship in Flight of the Navigator.
2: Yeah. You it's, know? It, it's it's just a smooth... It uh, looks like a skipping stone. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the bean in Philadelphia. <laughs> a little bit. The
1: uh, uh, So... our our main Godzilla government guys are concerned about this and killing Godzilla at the same time. Uh, They're trying to kill Godzilla all over the place and they're shooting rockets at him. Very unconvincing rockets. Nothing is working. Uh, Our main scientist has discovered that by picking up one of Godzilla's uh, scales Mm. and working with the government, that there is something in Godzilla's genes That makes Godzilla indestructible, and Mm -hmm. they there's a whole bit where they say, "Okay, you should get to name it." Oh yeah, and he calls it G one. Yeah, calls it like G one. Was it G one generator, Regenerator G one? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you could have named it after your daughter. (laughs) You could have named it something poetic. You could have named it, you know, anything cool. You picked like the the most boring name possible,
2: but. I was very fond of uh the end of uh the movie titan a e oh yeah, create a brand new planet like yeah. a, th- those those whole idea Earth had been destroyed and they wanted to create a new planet for humans to live on, yeah, And they do at the end they succeed, and they land and the, the guy who did it the main character is like, oh, you get to name you this new planet it's gonna be, how about earth Mark two It's like, no, this is Bob <laughs> what no, you can't name a planet Bob no nobody says not... you have to live on Bob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Plan is just named Bob. <laughs> that is a good bit. Um,
1: that's all going on, but uh, they're they're trying to destroy Godzilla while this UFO thing is coming out, and it's not going well. Godzilla isn't very destroyable, and then the UFO decides alright, let's fucking do this, and it flies out of the
2: ocean, well, it's,
1: and it's like... It's it's, it's it's
2: like looking for something. I got the impression yeah. that it was looking for some sort of power source.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, There's there's canon, apparently, about this thing that uh, is not clear in the movie at all. Again, maybe this is a translation thing, maybe there's more exposition in the Japanese version, but um, yeah, they're, they're studying this thing, and they realize that it is powered by light. So this mm. when this spaceship... Thank you, Luca. Luke, okay, he's trying to punch me in the face now. Luca, sweetie, trying to podcast. Trying to podcast about Godzilla. He's my cat, if you're, yeah. you're new. Um,
2: <laughs> Luca's just some, some person in the room who's yeah, right? trying to punch you in the face. <laughs> hey,
1: Luca, knock it off. Um, their theory is that when this spaceship crash-landed on Earth 60 million years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it landed so far into the ocean that it, because it was, like, solar-powered or light-powered, um, no light could reach it. So... They, it just kind of went into hibernation mode. And now, 60 million years later, a submarine shined a light on it, and that kicked it in just a little.
3: Mm. And as
1: they raised it up from the ocean surface, it started getting more and more powerful, until now it's getting back up to speed. And now, it's scanning things, which is probably not great. And it starts flying around, and as they're trying to destroy Godzilla, this UFO flies up to Godzilla and shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> just all of a sudden, not provoked, Godzilla didn't do nothing to this guy. Just shoots Godzilla, and Godzilla just flies out into the
2: ocean, and everyone's like, what the fuck? That's probably not good. Godzilla gets up, who is that fucker? Okay, we're, this this is going down. Godzilla gets his ass kicked proper at the mm. beginning. And,
1: uh, and honestly, for a while, the plot is about this UFO, Yeah. like for a long time. Godzilla takes a back seat for like the second half of the movie for a lot of it. And it's just, what's the UFO doing? Well, the UFO is flying like over like a big city and it's hovering over a really big skyscraper. And that's when I realized this is Godzilla versus ID4.
2: The, whole Kinda, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the the
1: image of a flying saucer hovering over a landmark and destroying it we, like they're, they're
2: doing that again but it's weird because Roland Emmerich just wrecked Godzilla yeah. in Toho's eyes right trying to get away from that director and now they're kind well, of emulating a style but but, but, here's he's, the thing. but it's
1: the villain though it's they're getting yeah. vengeance
2: on Roland Emmerich I, Roland I Emmerich ruined so. Godzilla um, we're going to ruin Roland Emmerich uh Godzilla's going to destroy Roland Emmerich and uh yeah. They'll do that again in Godzilla Final Wars a little bit more explicitly. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla, we have to remind ourselves, was not uh, free from pop culture influences. Oh, no. Uh, no, no, we, no. We've said before. Um, a film I actually really love, Godzilla mm-hmm. vs King Ghidorah from the Heisei era, yeah. was uh, directly influenced by the success of Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, and uh, Terminator
1: Re- as well. They yeah. went very time travel with it. Yeah,
2: but uh, this, I actually found the the story where the the producer of mm. um, the, one of the Toho producers went to a theater uh, when one of the when Godzilla was playing and found that the theater showing Back to the Future Part Two was far more crowded. Luca, Luca, and, stop knocking and on the And that was a concept head. he just couldn't understand. Why are people seeing this time travel? Well, you know what? Let's do a time travel movie. People like time it's- travel. And everybody said that's wild. You can't do time travel in a Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. You know, we've already we can only go so far with this, right? And they said no, we'll do. It. We're going to do time and travel. They went
1: very far, mm-hmm.
2: and and even in like the Showa
1: era, you know, the success of the Gamera movie started making the Godzilla movies more kid friendly.
3: Yeah, yeah. For yeah. example,
1: and then we would see things like there, like the Mothra movie had like, or the Godzilla versus Mothra mm-hmm. movie had like this whole like Disney. Element where they felt like they were inspired by the creation of Disneyland. and wanted to use that as a plot point, right? right, right. You know, it was Godzilla versus <clears throat> Skygan, right? No, no, no. It was it was earlier than that because it was the one with the big moth egg.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Where yeah. They're, they're trying to sell tickets to see the moth egg. Yeah, yeah. Um, Luca, he's now he's swatting at me.
1: Luca, did I? Just wants did attention. You, I think You just, you just want you just want cuddles. Yeah, okay, give him some cuddles. Speaking <sighs> yeah. of monsters, anyway, so. Um,
0: so yeah,
2: Godzilla gets his ass kicked and this there's a UFO... lot, lot of time being spent with this UFO. It's <laughs> flying, flying
1: around doing stuff. It's flying around. It's on top of a city and they use like infrared to see that it's like putting its, it's tendrils like, in the internet and we can see it absorbing like sucking the internet. Up interne- yeah. Uh, information. Is, yeah. I, I, I like that adorable. shot
2: of the UFO like reaching its tendrils into a high rise to like to suck energy out of it. Yeah. Looks really cool. Looks like something out of Mars Attacks. You know, there's something kind of kitschy about it. We
1: we realize now that that probably isn't how that would look, sucking information out of things. Uh, But who cares? (laughs) It looks cool.
2: I'm sorry. We don't really know what a UFO sucking up information would look like. Yes,
1: yes. I think we have a general sense of it now. A a Martian would never say that. They'd have Wi-Fi. Come on. I suppose so. We're we're just looking at Wi-Fi is what we're looking
2: at. What what does Wi-Fi look like? Tentacles. What we learned from uh, Independence Day is that you can have an Apple laptop and hack into <laughs> yeah. an alien computer mainframe with it. There was an explanation for that. You know yeah. that, right? Uh, something about Steve Jobs was kidnapped. No, in no, the no. Past the, and the, brought the, the, to an alien world. The, the gag is that Luca, jeez, you are so needy today, you little cute guy.
1: Um, no, the idea was that an in Independence Day that you know the alien spacecraft landed in Roswell. Uh-huh. And that a lot of the technological advances of the 20th century were reverse engineered from it.
2: Oh, that's right. So, yeah. so a Mac
1: book was actually reverse engineered from the alien in the first place. Uh, so that's uh, why okay. it's compatible, which isn't, which is thin, but at least it's an explanation. Yeah. You know? Um, so, uh, so, so there's that, but, um, oh, I had a point and then Luca was cute. We should do this as a video podcast. (laughs) Just so so you can see this. Just for the cats. Adorable kitty. Adorable cat. Just wants attention. You love
2: your buddy. yeah, UFO. Yeah. The the UFO um, is uh, also like, it's able to extrapolate DNA. Mm, It's scanning DNA. The story
1: of the UFO, according to... To the research I've done online, and this is not articulated in the movie. The aliens in the spacecraft, the (laughs) Millennians... uh Just go with it. uh, When they landed on Earth, in order to preserve themselves and go into hibernation, they kind of gave up their corporeal form and became just kind of this weird mass... All right, and they are trying to
2: find. But this is not in the movie. No, by it's the way. not. Uh, but this
1: is this is according uh, to my research on the internet. I don't know how canonical it is, but this is allegedly the story. the The idea is they are tr- trying to scan things like life forms on Earth, find out more information on Earth to find out how to live on this planet. And what they discover is that because Godzilla has that regeneration DNA, hmm. Godzilla is the perfect thing to emulate. So when it scans Godzilla, it wants to copy Godzilla. Okay, And that's why when Godzilla shows up again, it starts transforming into mm. Godzilla. Or yeah. rather, it ejects it's a big kind of like tripod type classic alien monster. From that, War of the Worlds, yeah. Yeah, and then gradually turns and then, more and more godzilla yeah, it, grow, it grows like limbs and a head after yeah. a while. The head then. apparently intentionally looks like the Roland Emmerich Godzilla head a little bit. As if, like, mm, if you yes, were trying yeah. to copy Godzilla and not doing a very good job, you'd end up
2: with the Roland Emmerich Godzilla. Oh, the, okay, I get that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, That's, and it, so, some alien creature or mm-hmm. culture is trying to copy Godzilla and not doing a very good job of it. Yeah. Cute, right?
1: right? Uh, but there's all of this crap going on where, like, there's more intrigue with, like, the, the hero scientist and the evil scientist. The, these evil kids are wearing the trench coat. Uh, I, none of that really tracks or makes a big difference. Uh, there's a whole thing where the alien spacecraft, for whatever reason, decides to land on the newspaper office building where the reporter works. Mm. And everyone gets pulled away from it. But she finds out that because her, someone, something keeps hacking my laptop. Oh, it's the aliens. I have to run inside the building and disconnect the computers to stop the aliens from learning too much
0: because
1: eventually they're going to suck up all the information and there'll be no information left is the general vibe that we're getting. (laughs) So she's stuck in the building. Our scientist and his daughter run up to save her. But now the bad guys and actually a fun reversal, the, the evil or, or corrupt government types Uh, They've decided to, in order to destroy this UFO, we're going to put a giant bomb or weapon on the top floor of the building. Mm -hmm. So you know on Independence Day when the UFOs attack the buildings, they shoot an energy beam down and destroy them? This is going to shoot an energy beam up into the UFO. It's the exact opposite. What if the Empire State Building destroyed the UFO and not the other way around? Which is a fun idea. But there's a countdown for it. And the, uh, the scientist, the hero scientist says, you go without me. Get my daughter away from here. Uh, I'll try to get out if I can, but someone has to stop them from hacking these computers. Pretty thin. She runs away. She tries to tell all like the government guys, hey, th- he's in there. Give him more time. And they're like, nope. And then she's like, okay. And they all leave because there's going to detonate the building and they could all die. And she starts leaving too. And she says, no, I got to do the right thing. I have to take this eight year old back into that building that's going to blow up. So she turns ah. around. I don't. Why? Why did at least try to leave her there? Like, it's so irresponsible. You take her back in, and then, like, he's trying to, like, climb down elevator shafts. There's a bit where he, like, opens an elevator shaft, jumps on that cable, mm. and slides down. He doesn't even, like, put a jacket under his hands or anything. Like, his, no, it just slides down. His hands would be shredded, just shredded like paper. But it's a movie. So we're just doing it.
2: Also, those things are greasy.
1: You know, Uh, we are probably
2: couldn't hang on to it very well. This is a fantasy picture about giant monsters and UFOs from the ocean's floor. So you think they'd Um, at least get the elevator right. Well, I mean, it's important to have, like, real physics Mm -hmm. when the humans are doing stuff. Just something that
1: makes it feel, like, vaguely, tangibly connected to any kind of reality that we can recognize. Because that's the thing. It's Godzilla showing up in our reality and how it would respond to Godzilla, right? Mm. It's not just He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, where everything's fucking weird all the time. It'd be kind of okay if that was it, but that's not it, though. That's not what they're doing. Yeah. So when their hero's doing this weird cartoon action movie shtick, it kind of it's kind of distracting. It, it seems like a pet peeve or a nitpick, but I found it distracting anyway. He manages to, like, get down into, like, the basement. And, like, he's like, oh, thank God, my daughter's here in this building that's blowing up. We should go. And so they go. And Godzilla shows up. And they're like, oh, no, Godzilla's here. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. He's not not here for us. He's here for vengeance. And so he's going to kick that UFO's ass. And the UFO turns into a monster. And it starts turning more into Godzilla. And Godzilla
2: starts fighting it. And, and uh, during the fights, the, the this new monster, it's called Orga, i mentioned, yeah. uh, like bites Godzilla or like inserts a, a, some sort of extraction. No, he bites him. He bites Godzilla yeah. and as he's biting Godzilla, like, he... Becomes more like Godzilla. Yeah, starts, starts turning green, green yeah. and starts growing spikes on his back.
1: The mm. spikes on this Godzilla, by the way, are absurdly huge. <laughs> it's
2: much larger. Like yeah.
1: they, they just, they look ridiculous ridiculously too big like how does they're he sleep as,
2: they're not as silly as the ridges in Godzilla minus one which are retractable <laughs> when he's uh, powering up, he's like jut up out. they like powering up they like stick out I was like what? I still that, think that's it's just new. a
1: toy at that point I know yeah. I, I think it's kind of cool though. Uh, <laughs> that's one where I'm like I'm willing to let that one go because it's one thing and it's cool But <laughs> like, the whole I, movie like, was uh, like that like I like
2: Godzilla minus one but yeah there, there's some toyetic moments it's like it's what, what Godzilla I, Godzilla are you movie. doing it's still a Godzilla movie
1: yeah yeah, but uh, so it um, starts running into this giant monster. It's got these really giant, elongated hands, which are kind of weird. It's asymmetrical. Kind of Kind, which of, yeah, kind of
2: drags. It uh, has to walk on its knuckles at one point. And apparently, it can
1: telepathically control the UFO. So, like when it's fighting Godzilla, when Godzilla has the upper hand, he just sends the UFO flying to smack Godzilla, <laughs> which is kind of fun. But it's it's Godzilla is a better fighter. Like, Godzilla's, like, actually, like, (laughs) kicking his ass a little bit. And then when he starts destroying it, unfortunately it started to develop Godzilla's regeneration abilities. So if you break it off or break Mm. off a piece of it, it just grows back. And Godzilla's like, ah, fuck. What do I do? And that's when Orga does its big finishing move where its mouth opens...
2: Oh, yeah, and, and this like un- unhinges and turns into, like, yeah. a, like, a
1: python. Yeah, like a big old python mouth. And it starts swallowing Godzilla whole. Mm. Which is admittedly pretty cool. <laughs> it's, it's a hell of an image. And,
2: and it's... We talked about, sort of, there's some bad CGI effects, especially yeah. on the UFOs and the Millennials, but uh, Orga is mostly practical. Yeah. Uh, including this weird mouth thing. Yeah. That they actually, like built a suit that could swallow a Godzilla suit. Yeah. And God- that, that took a lot of energy and a lot of fore- forethought. And
1: it's weird. And a part of me thinks, like, oh, is Godzilla just so shocked by this that he doesn't know what's going on? Because Godzilla isn't fighting it. No. At first, he's just kind of, like, letting himself get sucked in. And then you realize...
2: That was Godzilla's plan. <laughs> gonna, this is a I'm tactician sw- Godzilla. Swallow the first, the top half of my body and that's mm. what I let yeah. loose. And that's when Godzilla does his
1: radial attack mm. where he like e- l- explodes in like a nuclear explosion all around him mm. and just blows all, Orga all up all at once so that mm. there's nothing there. There's nothing to reconstitute. And that's pretty cool. That's actually one of the better like endings to a Godzilla fight I've seen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's certainly memorable. But then something weird happens. Oh, starting now. The, the ending of this movie has kind of stuck
2: with me in a way I really did not expect. It's a very strange ending. Well, we've talked about how there's in many of the Godzilla films there's going to be mm. that little coda yeah. where Godzilla sort of drifting out to sea, and somebody will mm. give a really half-hearted speech about I how yeah, I, to that. I, I learned about how we have to protect the environment or tampering Godstone man. Yeah, yeah. A, he learned too late that man was a feeling creature. You know yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, they do that in this one. They bring mm-hmm. bring back that old tradition, uh-huh. and it doesn't make any sense. No, this isn't what the movie was about at all.
1: No, because they talking talk about like, oh well, science created Godzilla, and then we just immediately started trying to kill him. And I'm like, this wasn't a Frankenstein story. You really, you would need a backstory. You would need a first you act to, to s- set that up.
2: this, or, or at least have some kind of dialogue where you sort of recap, get get the. <sighs> Takashi, I, I think Takashi Shimura was dead at this point, but hmm. um, get that type of character, like the yeah. old sage who has seen it and I've yeah. yeah, been there before, a I voice of authority, bad, and yeah. we don't really have that. But then what happens is uh, uh, Doctor, a descendant of Doctor Sarah, sure, whoever it was that would be it was fine.
1: Um, but what happens is Godzilla destroys it, and rather than just walking out to sea like he often does at the end of these movies. He turns and he looks at the government guy. Mm. And he walks up to him at the top of a building. <laughs> and there's that V that
2: star- where he points at his eyes and uh-huh. points at the other guy. Like, yeah. he's staring down this government guy. How does he
1: know who that is? They've never met. He doesn't know <laughs> that's the guy who's been trying to... How does he know? It's so weird. And the government guy's like, I've never been this close to Godzilla before. And everyone's like, We should go now because this is not good. And he's like, No, leave me. And Godzilla kills him very specifically <laughs> him just him knew that was the guy godzilla was oh, a smart monster godzilla is a force of karma and then after everyone like besides that guy escapes the movie ends with godzilla just finishing the job in tokyo just destroying everything and then it says the end He's, he doesn't stop and leave, and they even say like, "Oh God, why does Godzilla always save well, I was, us?" I was gonna say, yeah, yeah th- th- but th- like,
2: that's, that's not how it ends. There's
1: no he. It, yeah. it literally he's wrecking the joint, and then the movie is over. That's it. He's literally breathing fire on the city mm. as the credits come up. Yeah, which is a weird way to end it. It's like, oh, thank well, God, Godzilla it's... saved us from the UFO, right? But we're still stuck with Godzilla, and that mm. kind of sucks for us. It,
2: it's almost like ah oh, oh we're back yeah
1: Thank like
2: uh, oh, oh good like uh, I'm trying to think of like some other mo- like yeah. let's say that they bring the Klingons back in a Star mm-hmm. Trek thing and they start laying waste to uh, to earth mm-hmm. in like the last scene of a movie yeah and the last scene is like Captain Kirk sort of shrugging well like, oh, here we go again and going <laughs> after it's like the enemy it, it's of, sort of like that the the enemy of my enemy. Is my friend,
1: so we teamed up with Godzilla to fight the UFO. Mm-hmm. And then once the UFO is destroyed, unfortunately, he's still my enemy. Yeah. We haven't actually like gone through then, like a, a, a life changing experience.
2: It, it cuts to the main guy,
3: <clears throat> yeah,
1: uh,
2: the the uh, Godzilla prediction. Yeah, our hero hero character. He's play. Uh, he's played by a character uh, an actor named uh, Takahiro Mm-hmm. And he looks out at the destruction and just sort of sees Godzilla and kind of wistfully, as Godzilla is doing the destruction, says that Godzilla exists in all of us. Like he's, <laughs> like he's a part of humanity. The full
1: exchange is weird because what he says is uh, someone says, we scientists produced Godzilla and ever since we've tried to destroy him. And then the reporter says, but then Why? Why does he keep protecting us? Something he's literally only done this one time, by the way. And again, this is the American dub, so I'm not going to, you know, mm. I'm not going to ding the whole movie on this, but this is the version that exists. Um, and that's when our hero scientist says, maybe because Godzilla is inside each one of us. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, what, what, like, like seriously, what are you getting at? Because you've, you've got a few contradictory ideas in there. One is that it's a Frankenstein monster story. Yeah. We created Godzilla through science. Kind of hazy on how this Godzilla was made. If it's not the original, but whatever. And now he's destroying us. Okay, whoopsie doodles. Uh, is Godzilla a force of karma? For like the environment, he's trying to destroy all these power plants and everything. Uh, maybe, but we're not we're not hearkening back to that. And the idea that Godzilla is inside each and every one of us
2: is just nonsense. Well, like, what is what, a, is what, rep- what is the the message that they're trying to give here? That <clears throat> we all have a... imitators from other countries. The, th- the closest thing, uh, co- or that you know. that we we are monsters protecting our own turf, and that like we have impulses toward destruction inside th- that, of us. That's
1: the that's the closest thing I can get. That's the closest yeah. thing that makes sense to me. Is this idea. The Godzilla represents sort of humanity's own, almost in a Nietzschean way, uh, uh, urge for Mm. self-destruction. Freudian way. No, I thought that was Nietzsche. Didn't, he, didn't Nietzsche talk about, like, the desire to, like, destroy that's, oneself? That was Freud. That was Freud? Okay, yeah. well, right, you know, No, Nietzsche was I quite the opposite. He was about yeah. strengthening yourself. I, yeah, I just could have sworn there was, like, one of those, like, a, look into the, the abyss type shit, but yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh I, You know more about that than I do. I totally yield they're, to your knowledge. T- but... I've
2: read some books, that's all. No, 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 it's
1: fine. It's like you've done more specific research in yeah. that than I have, so I'm sure you're right. Um, but, yeah, like... What if Godzilla is... Humanity is determined to destroy itself. Until something tries to destroy us, and then we all gang up, and we kick its ass, and then we go right back to destroying ourselves. That, our well, our see, sense
2: of self-defense is fucked. That would have read better yeah. if like, there had been an introductory sequence where some somebody was being like kind of a scoundrel, or there were two... <sighs> Uh, maybe there was, like, a diplomatic talk that was breaking mm. down, and uh, the, the countries were fighting each other. Yeah. And then they banded together to fight Godzilla, like they did in... Um, mm. uh, 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 um, uh, uh, Gorath. In Gorath, yeah. know, the one we saw just recently. Yeah. That uh, worked. And then after that happened, after they dispatched with you, know, Orga they started they went right back to bickering again yeah that would have been like just a, a little yeah. bookend a little, material little it doesn't take a lot it well, take you, a lot to sort of tell have, that message
1: the the basic the most basic rule of screenwriting set up and payoff set up and payoff it's so simple that the first time you hear it you you might go oh yeah but like you 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 introduce something early in the movie and then later in the movie it it comes to fruition in some way. Now this can be done in very clunky ways. Uh, at the beginning of Long Kiss Goodnight, Gina Davis gives her daughter like I was an amnesiac and I had the, all I had was this like medallion and I'm gonna give it to you, my adopted daughter. Uh, or, or, is it a real daughter? It's a real daughter. It's a, a real daughter. I can't remember how long it had been since he like had amnesia. But like, I'm going to give it to you for safekeeping. Okay, I'm going to go off and go on a spy adventure. I wonder if that will be important later. <laughs> of course it will. Yeah. But it can be more subtle than that. It can be thematic. It can mm. be... um, Yeah, it, 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 it can... That's honestly some of the most like, satisfying things. In film history is when a good setup Mm. has an excellent payoff like in RoboCop the ending of RoboCop is such a fucking great setup and payoff because the whole thing is they took his identity Uh uh-huh he became a property of a corporation they said we own you now you're no longer Murphy you're Mm -hmm. RoboCop we've erased your memory and at the end of the movie when RoboCop kills the bad guy the old man says nice work son what's your name and RoboCop says Murphy. Huh. Whole audience explodes every time you see that in the theater. It's awesome. He got his identity back. It's great.
2: I don't think he got his identity back. I think yeah. it was more, um, he, he realized that he was a human once. He was like, an individual. Like, he he died. Murphy's dead. True, like technically yes. Barely just basic brain functions is all that's left. No, because like he, he's,
1: he's, he's remembering stuff. He's got so, his old personality back so, Some
2: stuff, a little bit. But I, I never got the impression that that Murphy was back, that he understood who he was or what his past was. I
1: I would argue that RoboCop 2 makes that explicit Mm. because he very, decides not to go back to his wife and like live as His wife is a character
2: in RoboCop 2.
1: Yeah, and more of a character than she is in the original. She's more of like a flashback figure, but uh, I would argue that RoboCop 1 taken in a vacuum as its own film, I think the implication is that he's going to try to rebuild an individual life for himself Mm. and not just be a corporate product. I think that's, uh, where that movie is leading and i think RoboCop like a lot of sequels to movies that were totally satisfying in and of mm-hmm. themselves you have to kind of undo a bit of the ending in order to keep it going in the, in uh, the way that's satisfying mm-hmm. so i think RoboCop 2 kind of
2: I was bit. i was read but RoboCop I, as as he he died like Murphy yeah, is is dead he and did gone die. and they just use his body to sort of build this machine <clears throat> but there's like lingering shreds of human behavior mm-hmm. uh, sort of clustered in like whatever cells they were able to scrape up and scoop into that robot. So well,
1: know? we have different takes mm-hmm. on RoboCop. Okay. Maybe that wasn't the perfect example. Mm. Uh, oh, a uh, 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 pretty woman. She says, at the be- mm. towards the beginning of pretty woman, she says, one thing I do, I never kiss on the mouth. How mm. does the movie end? She kisses, kisses Richard. Mouth, right. Perfect. Also, he says he's afraid of heights. What does he do? He climbs a, a fire yeah. escape kissing it on the mouth I get Both of those setups yeah. Pay off at the same time mm-hmm. You know It's a little treacly But it's yeah. satisfying You know so, um, so we
2: But we don't have that here Oh and you know what Orga kissed on the mouth as well That's right <laughs> Orga <laughs> At the beginning it says I will never swallow a Godzilla But by the end of the movie By God over- Overcomes his fears Yeah And but, tries to swallow Godzilla But the
1: irony of course Is that That, that temptation Was his self-destruction Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah g- Gave in to yeah. a baser it's Monster like, it's impulse like
1: Mr. Creosote and The uh, Meaning of Life <laughs> Just,
2: hey, A waffa thin mint <laughs> One can, Godzilla you can, sir you can, you can have One bite of Godzilla <laughs> Oh I Oh fine Glarg glarg glar. Boom
1: Hmm Godzilla
2: 2000. Um, Godzilla, Godzilla 2000 is not that good. No, uh, it's
1: it's 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 cheap in weird ways. It's yeah, really it, scattershot as storytelling I, I even as these movies go. Yeah,
2: I don't like a lot of the American translation. Mm-mm. They're the American general characters is like we've invented this new missile that's like co- coated with like special Godzilla slime that can mm-hmm. puncture his indestructible skin. Yeah. And he actually says something about like crap going through a goose It'll which, go
1: through Godzilla like crap through a goose. Which, and I'm like, which I
2: think was also <laughs> a line from like a Michael Bay film at some point. Like I it, I know I read no, that. That, that one was before. definitely an
1: American edition I was reading about that. Yeah. That was definitely like there was that that sentiment was not mm. in the original, apparently. Uh, so all but I, of that I I shit's hated weird. that kind of cliche weird.
2: like army general dialogue. I, uh, I guess the the, char- I, the human characters. Are just in the wrong place. I don't necessarily need them to be rich and complex yeah. because this is a Godzilla movie. I'm focusing on the monsters, mm. but if you're going to take the time to establish them, make them a little bit more complex than this, or just have them be background figures to the monster mayhem.
1: Yeah, uh, let the monster take yeah. more center stage, but he doesn't. Yeah. so much of this movie is about these scientists and their history together, and there's a whole like one scientist says, "Yeah, why did you leave the department?" It's like. It doesn't fucking matter, and you're not going to explain it anyway. It's not it's coming a... together. You're implying
2: there's all this drama here, but we're not getting any of it. I, I think that's why a, a lot of audiences are responding to Godzilla Minus One. Yeah. It's one of the only ones that has like a really intriguing human story yeah. outside of the Godzilla drama. That one and Roland the Roland Emmerich film, weirdly, have the most <laughs> like actual human stories in them. <sighs> I feel like there was... Um... I did kind of like the one and, I, and, I and maybe was, the, maybe the original but even that well, one yeah. like the humans don't really take center stage until like the back end of the movie. No, I
1: think they do because they're talking about like sort of what it takes to stop Godzilla and how far mm. we're willing
2: to fall yeah.
1: in terms of our principles but, but in order to like do that.
2: But I feel like that we don't get to see that through like a particular character's eyes until near the end of the movie. Was it Godzilla versus Ghigan that had the Godzilla amusement park? Yes.
1: I like the hero of that one.
2: Oh, as the he cartoonist. Was a, he was the yeah.
1: cartoonist and he had really ridiculous ideas for kaiju monsters and he was hired by this fake amusement park to like keep up their facade. But they were and secretly he, aliens.
2: Yeah, 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 and then he got
1: torn into intrigue and it was like all the all the supporting characters had like they weren't complicated, but they had distinct personalities. Mm. This was the the funny guy. This was you know the the, the cartoonist. This, his girlfriend knew kung fu, which was only important once, but by God, it came up.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> that one was fun. I thought they had fun with the characters, oh, and, and that was that was a, that was a pretty good balance. There's
2: I also a, Eber, a Horror of the Deep, where they had those guys steal the boat and they fell in with the the criminal. Oh yeah,
1: God, that the, was
2: they, a lo- they... that was
1: kind of. No, know, know it's been a
2: while since we watched yeah. that one but yeah
1: but that one that one's where
2: like by the time they get to the island all that stuff's over we don't exactly, really yeah we, once we see the monsters does, we don't care about those guys like yeah. their arc doesn't matter in, in that yeah, movie. yeah yeah um, anyway but yeah I, I, this is all a way of illustrating how how poorly the human characters are handled mm-hmm. in godzilla 2000 yeah uh they're like broad stereotypes but Specific, they're trying to do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're not, vague stereotypes. Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're not they're, tapping yeah. into like any kind of sense of like late nineties irony where they're like commenting on the sh- their own shallowness. Nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of overall a pretty weak Godzilla movie.
1: Yeah,
2: it's got highlights. I really do think that opening
1: uh, attack is. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where they put a lot of their big effort. Yeah, uh, and I think there's bits in the final fight that are really cool, mm. uh, but that's about it, honestly. I really mm. there's it, not a lot of it stands out, and it's a bit of a bummer. Bit of a bummer. It's a it's not a great start, which maybe why I, I this is just speculation. Maybe why they weren't super concerned about keeping it canon, you know, uh, like also, just just going off and doing different shit in the next
2: movie. There there were very few Millennium era Godzilla movies. Yeah, I, I think there were six and four years like they just yeah. sort of like well, cranked I mean, out a bunch
1: yeah I mean, that, that, that's not nothing just... that's that's okay yeah. you know but like you know so um what happens in the next godzilla movie uh it's
2: godzilla versus
1: mega oh good i'm tired of the old Girus. <laughs> <laughs> i finally get a good one like, and suddenly, totally it's not it's...
2: like anguirus that this is ah. no, mega is more like a like it's sort of more like mothra it's An- like a big bug thing and Giras comes back in final wars though right uh, they all come back in Final Wars. Okay, Every good. monster oh, comes God. back in Final I just, Wars. I
1: just need one more hit off of Anguirus before I die. Like, I just... Come on.
2: Yeah, let's see. Yeah, Godzilla versus... Somehow
1: Ma- he became one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Anguirus and Gigan. He's the, and, under, and, the and, underdog. Yeah, and... Um,
2: oh, what was that? Manda.
1: Those are my Those all are my right. top three faves.
2: You're going to like Godzilla Final Wars because we get Chainsaw Gigan. Yes. G- Gigan has two chainsaws on each yes. hand Gigan you are pure chaos Qua- And I quadru- love you Quadruple chainsaw Gigan God up. I love
1: Gigan <laughs> that's, that's my new sitcom mm. God I love Gigan It's just me and Gigan Totally mismatched roommates
2: Yeah Megagiris is a gigantic mutated um, Meganulon oh. Which is which is an imaginary creature Yeah well how does that even help us
1: Can you give me, give me like a mm. vague description Of like what a Meganulon is does it look just like another T-Rex?
2: No, it's like a flying bug creature. Okay. yeah All right. it's like, cool. Like, like a giant bug.
1: Awesome, glad to hear it. All right, so that's coming up next on Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for joining us. Um, feel free to uh, uh, send us an email mm-hmm. if you want. You can want to talk about anything we discussed. If you are familiar, perhaps, with the Japanese version of Godzilla 2000 and want to tell us if we missed anything or if there's some kind of translation thing that w- makes it work better in the original version. That would be great, honestly, because I was very frustrated that I couldn't find the original version. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I
2: was just looking up uh, Godzilla versus Megagirus, like a okay, yeah. little bit more background. Um, the Meganulon were those bug things from the movie Rodan. Oh, if you remember, that's those fun. Bugs? So, yeah, I'm yeah, uh,
1: br- br- bringing them back.
2: Meg- Megagirus has mutated one of those. That's fun, so I We, like we that. haven't seen that thing since the 50s, and now uh, That's now a fun back. callback, uh, I like that. Okay, so you can do something with that.
1: Anyway, uh, our email address is letters at net. If you want to reach out to us, you might read your email on a coming episode. Uh, we also
2: have a P.O. Box. Whitney, what is that? Yeah, send us a physical letter to the Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box six four one five six five Los Angeles, California, 90064. Yes.
1: Uh, and if you want to listen to future episodes of Thank Godzilla, it's Friday one week early. If you're are you if you're listening to this on the main feed and you want to listen to Godzilla Mega Gearis right now, Head on over to Patreon.com. All of our patrons get our new shows ad-free, and they get Thank Godzilla It's Friday one week early. And we also have a lot of other exclusive shows, including our Star Trek podcast, All Our Yesterdays, reviewing every Star Trek ever. We have our Oscars podcast, which we're hoping to do a new episode of very, very soon, where we're reviewing every single film ever nominated for best picture yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm still working on
2: those that's on yeah me, that, so. that's
1: that's a bit labor intensive but we we love doing those and they're always a good deep dives into movie history so it's, it's one of our favorite things to do um and uh, and other things as well so a huge thank you to all of our patrons thank you so much if you want to support the show that's the absolute best way to do it but if you can't totally understandable. there are other ways to help uh please subscribe if you haven't already Please leave us a review. That would mean the world to us if we saw some new reviews pop up, because it really jumps us up uh, on the algorithm. When will Godzilla fight an algorithm and kick its ass? That's
2: what I want to know. Will it be played by John Cheadle? Yes. <laughs> yes. Here, here, Godzilla's at Warner Brothers you know, right now. wasn't? Come on. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. It wasn't until watching uh, Godzilla 2000 that, that yeah. I, I noticed... Uh, kind of, it's not an error, it's just sort of a, a weird coincidence about mm. the Godzilla movies. What's that? A monster attacks. It's always about Godzilla's size. Mm-hmm. It's never a little monster. Yeah.
1: Well, there, imagine there imagine a,
2: Godzilla wouldn't get involved at that point. No, but there needs to be, now that we have, you don't, like, you don't bring CGI. in the,
1: the army to, like, you know, deal with, like, oh, I have a wasp's mm. nest in my garage. The, they, army, the army is for bigger sh- things.
2: There should be a Godzilla movie where he has to fight, like, like one million Wolverines or something. Well,
1: he had he had um uh Destoroyah. Destoroyah like, started out as like little bugs, yeah. and but then, yeah. and eventually separated and attacked him as smaller creatures, and that was mm, kind of cool. Yeah, but yeah, no, he's he's typically Godzilla likes to stay in his
2: weight class, and I think that's respectable. Yeah, yeah, and and we haven't yet had a, God, a Godzilla creature that was like Destoroyah was pretty friggin' huge. Yeah. Uh have,
1: Atlanta was really huge.
2: But we haven't had one that's like you know, makes Maybe. Godzilla look like a person. Like, yeah, a, like, it, like bad a, bad a creature bad. that could step that on would Godzilla. Be, that would be cool. When, Godzilla
1: versus Cthulhu. There you go. Yeah. That'd be fucking awesome. I,
2: I know in Godzilla uh I think it's called Planet of the Monsters. Yeah. It's the animated film. They, Which they, we'll get to. We're gonna yeah, do the they, animated They 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 get yeah. back to uh earth after like tens of thousands of years. And Godzilla's just been alive that whole time and continuously growing yeah. that entire time. So, so when they get just... back, he's literally the size of a mountain. Yeah. Like, like you can't even wrap your mind around
1: that. Yeah, I know. I love that. I love that sense of scale. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm, it always freaks me out. Um, I used to be my, when I was a kid, the sc- the most scared I think I've ever been in a movie mm was when I saw Pinocchio for the first time in the big screen and Monstro the Whale when they're like next to him and they think they're like next to like a big rock and then his eye opens and it takes up the whole screen and it like zeroes in on Jiminy Cricket. (laughs) The sense of scale they built with Monstro. To this day when I watch that movie it kind of freaks me out a little.
2: What's the name for... There's a a name for like fear of very large things. Yeah. The the phobia. Like like Mm. Goliaths and Behemoths and they have nightmares about stuff like that.
1: But anyway, anyway, that's it. We're on social media. I'm at William Bibiani. He's at Whitney Sible, right. at Critic Acclaim. And uh yeah, we'll see you next time on Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. Uh Whitney uh uh, uh you- Screonk. thank you, Rar.